and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most important, fascinating or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Kieran Howells, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevines. Welcome back to the podcast, Kieran. It's a pleasure to have you back here again. Thank you so much, Soph. This is a topic that I think will be dear to literally everyone's heart. Yes, absolutely it will. On Tuesday this week, the UK marked one year since the first coronavirus lockdown period. And as we all know, quite a lot's happened since then. So on the 23rd of March last year, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced tough lockdown restrictions, which were sought to help curb the spread of COVID-19. And of course, all of these restrictions had follow-on implications, not just for the world of work, but for society as a whole as well. For example, non-essential businesses were forced to close temporarily, staff were told to work from home, and Brits were only able to leave their homes for limited purposes, for example, for shopping for essentials. And in the last year, as we have seen, restrictions have been eased and tightened. And earlier this year, of course, lockdown 3.0, as it has been dubbed, was announced. And the pandemic and subsequent restrictions have, of course, presented HR with a variety of different challenges over this last year, which is what we're going to be talking through today. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been a year that's been challenging for everyone, as you already said there, Soph, but um, it's presented some very, very interesting challenges for HR, um, including, obviously, first and foremost, that big move to remote work. So I guess that's kind of where we should start, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. That's a good jumping off point. And obviously, when the first lockdown was announced last year, there were lots of things for the HR function to have to consider. Obviously, the logistics of moving staff home and also ensuring that they had all of the equipment to be able to carry out their roles as seamlessly as possible. One part of that, of course, was ensuring that staff had the right tech to facilitate this. As I'm sure we've all experienced at one point or another, there have been some teething problems with technology, whether this is to do with home Wi-Fi or even basic equipment like laptops, keyboards, those sorts of things. And actually, when I was doing a little bit of digging before this podcast, I found an O2 study which essentially found that insufficient technology was a key drainer to productivity. And obviously, minimising these kind of technical complications has been a top priority for HR to ensure that, you know, staff remain engaged, high levels of productivity and all of those sorts of things that will help organisations navigate these testing times. In addition to this, I think, as we've all seen, comms has played a big part of this move to remote work as well, and obviously something that HR has played a very central role in. And just a couple of examples of of the comms that HR has been involved in, when new lockdown restrictions were announced, kind of dissecting what this meant for staff and the business. I guess also circulating homeworking hints and tips to help staff work more comfortably, as many companies have done. And throughout this time, there's been lots of different information that employers and HR have had to share with their staff members. 
And actually, in a previous conversation I had with an HR director, they were saying to me that engagement and well-being links to comms and said that if people aren't kept informed, then this really exacerbates the problem. So really just highlighting how important comms has been and obviously why HR has been at the forefront of communicating some of these changes that we're seeing day to day. Another additional challenge with the move to remote work was around employee well-being. And, you know, lots of data out there has shown varying struggles, whether this is to do with mental, physical, social or financial well-being. So to kind of combat this, companies have had to come up with different ways to help. So whether this is setting up afternoon tea type sessions for staff so that they can replicate some of those water cooler moments that have been greatly missed during this time, access to different fitness classes, or, you know, mental health resources, or even advice on how to keep finances in check. These are definitely some of the things that HR has been involved with throughout this time. So, Kieran, obviously, I've talked quite a bit about the challenges associated with going remote in the context of the pandemic. But what about the challenges for those that have needed to go into a central place of work and kind of HR's role in that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic, isn't it? Because so much over the last year we've heard about remote working and the future of remote working and the well-being aspect of remote working but one of the things i don't think has been talked about as much is the experience of those going into a workplace and that's something people have been doing right since the beginning of the pandemic if you work in a factory if you're a delivery driver if you work in a central service like the nhs or if you work in a supermarket, we've all seen the the brave men and women who are soldiering on, uh, all you know, decked out in their PPE, whilst just yet yeah, getting on with their role throughout all of this. And I think the number one thing that is very obvious from that is that health and safety has been extremely important. So yeah, you know, workers have had to operate under some really hard circumstances, and we can just tell you know the exhaustion on people's faces when they've been wearing a a face visor for like a nine hour shift you know that's unimaginably hard and it's also meant meticulously paying attention to through routes in workplaces that's a kind of a one way in one way out avoid contact with everyone else kind of situation and perhaps also being a lot more isolated in work than they would have previously been and these have all been really really key HR concerns Obviously, those health and safety aspects there are so, so important. But as you yourself just pointed out, Soph, well-being really has a big part to play in that. But as soon as the pandemic began, the CIPD and the government and a bunch of other bodies did release strict guidance for workplaces and some really good advice there as well. Uh, That included a carefully mapped out system to reduce the threat to employees. And those guidelines have been honed and updated as the pandemic has continued. And, you know, going to the CIPD website or the government website, those are very easy to to see and uh, break down. Uh, However, the government did confirm that all businesses still operating throughout the pandemic in physical workplaces were eligible to receive spot checks from the Health and Safety Executive or HSC as as they're known. Uh, And these people basically go through our offices and check that the measures that they've put in place are in line with government guidance. And that's something that's still going on. And I I think it's something that's still going to go on for a good while while the pandemic is an ongoing concern. Yeah, and for HR, not only has actually putting physical measures in place been really important, it's also been about the communication that's packaged along with that. 
communication in this time has been so 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 important with people uh, you know yeah some are operating in physical workplaces some are from home and if a workforce is split between a physical location and remote working a a key challenge there for hr has been uniting everyone under one community and for many the answer to this has been encouraging digital communication regardless of whether you're working in an office working in a factory working from home and you know on your bed or uh, on the kitchen table. So I think HR has been a lot more conscious of getting all employees to engage with chat platforms such as Slack and Microsoft Teams and delivering comms more frequently digitally, uh, you know, compared to what they would have done in the office when you can kind of rely on camaraderie and chat to kind of keep that culture going. And also regularly quizzing employees on their well-being and the challenges that they're facing and encouraging all hands communication in town hall meetings. These are all things that have been so, so instrumental in keeping the entire workforce, regardless of where they are, going and happy and functioning. And uh, yeah, I think that that's something that we'll really see continue actually and evolve and progress as as the hybrid working approach looks to be the approach that most people are going to take coming out of coronavirus. And another key area that comms has actually been really important, but has had those kind of technical rules in place, has been for employees on furlough. So another massive area from the past year, so that I think that you have some information on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we saw last year, the Chancellor unveiled various different support measures to support people, jobs and businesses, including the Coronavirus Job Retention Scheme, which is more commonly referred to as furlough, which was, of course, something else for HR to come to terms with. And I was just having a quick look at some data from Statista, which found that as of February 15th, 2021, approximately 11.2 million jobs from 1.3 million different employers were furloughed in the UK. So obviously that's an extremely high uptake of the scheme and likely something that many different HR professionals have had to deal with in one way or another throughout this, this pandemic year. And when furlough was announced, an HR director that I previously spoke to said that when when this legislation did come into play, people did very much turn to HR to understand what this meant for them and kind of their, their roles individually and those sorts of things. So definitely a challenge was that HR had to understand, digest and circulate this information but almost at the same time as learning this information as everyone else was as well. And of course, this situation continued and was the same case after new guidance and adaptations to the scheme were issued throughout last year and into this year. And in terms of how the furlough scheme works, Nelson's law website was explaining that to be eligible for the coronavirus job retention scheme, staff can't undertake work for or on behalf of their employer's firm or any firm linked or associated to their employer's organisation while they're on furlough. So while that may be the case, HR has definitely been working very hard to keep up that sense of community and engagement. And, you know, one part of that obviously is doing check-ins just to make sure that everyone is okay but also as well getting them involved in non-work related social activities so this could be post-work drinks for example or getting colleagues involved with virtual quizzes and those sorts of things and I think the same can be said for well-being as well you know some firms out there have put on different fitness classes or giving their employees access to mindfulness or meditation sessions not just for those on furlough but for those that have have worked continuously throughout the pandemic and also access to mental health resources 
Yeah, it's a really fascinating issue, furlough. It's really hard for HR. It's a difficult situation because on one hand, you want to make sure that those people are very much part of your culture. But then there are very strict rules on what you can and cannot do or say or expect from employees who are on furlough. And whilst furlough is something that is going to come to an end, a thing that actually isn't going to come to an end is the long-term impact that coronavirus is going to have on the world of work. Many have actually hailed coronavirus as a kind of key step change in working life. Obviously, it seems that some remote and hybrid working will remain. In fact, this week, banking institution Nationwide confirmed that 13,000 of its uh, staff can work from anywhere, single air quotes there, uh, going forward. And this isn't just a one-off. And also, I had a really fantastic chat with Elona Popzik from, uh, she's the SVP of HR at Green Man Gaming. And we chatted on this very subject and she gave some fantastic insight from the perspective of, of a kind of a senior HR director. And she highlighted that actually employees have been, uh, they've really been able to be a lot more genuine about who they are in this time. The lines between home and working life have blurred. It's far more acceptable, as we all know, to see children on Zoom calls or dogs barking or the postman knocking on the door. You know, we've all seen this kind of thing over the last year. And people have liked the level to which this new connection has brought them closer, not just as teammates, but actually just as people. We're all in the same boat and we know that. And uh, and it's just made it very acutely present in our lives. Also, another big factor is time management. Without lengthy commute times and, you know, you're already at home in your lunch break, people have been able to spend more time with friends and family. And, uh, you know, a caveat to that is where allowed throughout this period. But this isn't something that they want to relinquish, or at least that's what Alona has to say about it. And in essence, I think working and home life have have really become more of an integrated thing than ever before. And largely, people seem to see that as, as a real positive, despite all of the other innumerable challenges that have come up in this time. So that's kind of looking to the future. But what about the now, Soph? We're in this really strange period, aren't we? Obviously, as we've kind of discussed throughout the duration of the podcast, you know, HRs have played a very central role in in various different respects and lots has changed in the last year. But definitely, you know, there, there probably will be future challenges for the HR function as we go forwards. So obviously at the moment, the UK is ramping up the vaccine rollout. Um, and when I was looking for, before the podcast, some recent government data found that more than 28 million have received the first dose of the vaccine. So there will likely be follow on questions about how the vaccine will impact HR thinking and those sorts of things. Um, this is something that we extensively uh, reported on in one of our long read articles. And of course, in February this year, the Prime Minister laid out a roadmap to gradually ease lockdown measures. And according to this, the guidance that he set out, step two will begin no earlier than April 12th. And this would allow non-essential retail to reopen and hospitality venues to serve people outdoors. So for those working in HR in sectors like hospitality or non-essential retail, for example, they'll likely be thinking about how to draw out plans for this um, and also about communicating this information with staff and executives. 
Of course, as we've said before, comms does play a really, really key role here and in the future. It's possible that some staff may be feeling anxious, whether this is about getting public transport to work or the idea of being back in a work environment after so long. So I think definitely having those key individual conversations with people on a a one-to-one basis and understanding these concerns and addressing them is definitely key. And of course, as Kieran said earlier, you know, health and safety does play a key role. So reiterating the government guidelines around COVID secure workplaces and measures and social distancing is also really important. So this podcast has obviously been a very, very brief look at a wealth of different responsibilities and things that HR has had to oversee during this time. And as one HR director previously noted in a piece that I was writing, HR was going through this period of unprecedented change at the same time as everyone else, which, of course, would have made it difficult given that the function was being turned to for things such as understanding furlough guidance and what these new restrictions mean for staff themselves. And I thought this was a really, really nice quote to end on from Rebecca Thornley Gibson, who is a partner at the city law firm DMH Stallard. And she basically said, the last 12 months has brought challenges that HR teams have never faced before. Business continuity plans were rigorously tested in the early days of lockdown and crisis management became the HR priority as companies had to make quick and often uninformed decisions about whether they could retain staff. And I think that is a very nice summarising quote just to bring to life how many different challenges the HR teams have been faced with throughout this time but unfortunately that's all we've got time for today HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content whether that's our monthly magazines webinars live events or marketing and research papers so to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues please visit hrgrapevine.com 